Hello. Good afternoon, Michael Wynn, Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops, the division of RB Oppenheim Associates. Welcome. It's Friday, which means we're doing traction. Actually, this is the wrap-up episode, and of course, joined with me is Katie Lilly from Lillyfield Accounting Solutions. Here we are. It's the wrap-up show. It's the final countdown. Right, right. Yeah. So we're going to talk about Chapter 9 and 10. Um, chapter 9 is uh, pulling it all together. Uh, chapter 10 is getting started. So we're going to kind of push these together and talk to you and share with you what we're experiencing as we lead our teams uh, through these final chapters. So, you know, the one thing, Katie, that I think I've really understood now that we're that we finished the book is ultimately this, there's been tons of books written on meetings and vision casting and organizational charts and, you know, just all the different components. And I think what I've and, 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 you know, Gino really kind of says it in, in, in chapter nine He's like, what's unique about this particular book is that he's put together these six disciplines, vision, people, data, issues, process, traction, right? Those six things in a very specific order to create a system. Right. And I, I, I think that that's really clicked for me in that, um, you know, and, and he says this too, and it was so true. What really gravitated, other than your gracious invitation to do book club together, book club. <laughs> um, was, and maybe you guys are feeling the same way. If you feel like you've hit a ceiling in your business, traction is what you need to pick up next because when you hit a ceiling, the only thing that you're going to be able to really identify is your internal processes, your internal disciplines, and be able to look at those and be able to have a, a systematic objective approach to looking at them and evaluating them and then making changes. Because I, I, I was, we were talking before we came on air and I was like, what do you think the, you know, What's the take home for today? And I think you really nailed it as far as, um, you know, a lot of people get really excited about the vision part, right? you know, and they get all, I mean, you have, and you you'll know, have an offsite retreat. Oh and yeah. It'll be so much fun. You're going to spend hundreds of dollars on it. Yeah. You know, you hire consultants, they come in, they get everybody pumped up about here's what the future looks like. And then they leave and then, you know, Back to this. Three, yeah. <laughs> three weeks, a month, you know, roll by and you fall right back into yeah. your. Yeah. Like New Year's resolutions. Yeah. Yeah. And and so I, I really think that that's why this works and why thousands of companies have gone down this path. And um, not that people who start this won't ever hit a ceiling again because they will. And he even brings it up. But at least you have a, a go-to, you know, mechanism, structure, you know, for you to look at and, and zero in. Okay, is it an issue? Is it a, you know, is this part of a rock? Is this part of a to-do list right. that wasn't resolved? Was it um, an IDS that we really didn't 
yeah, we, we talked about and identified it, you know, maybe we didn't have as much discussion as we should have in order to properly solve it because we haven't solved it. Right. You know? Yeah. And just to go back to what you were saying about how you were motivated because you felt like your company had hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. I think that goes back to the whole difference between us and that you're the established company and I'm the the, kind of the new startup company because my motivation to come to it was like chaos. Oh, chaos. (laughs) Yeah. Mine was, wow, we've grown so fast. It's been fantastic, but I just, I don't even know where to start. There's so much coming at me. I don't even know where to begin. And that's where this book really helped for me was giving me a framework of, okay, I know you're overwhelmed. I know you all you see is a huge elephant. Here's how <laughs> we can break it down and eat it one bite at a time. And that's right. what really spoke to me and helped me and helped me really kind of breathe was, okay, all we have to do is just implement this step. Let's just, that's all we have to do. If we can get an accountability chart, however long that takes us, let's get that going. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the next step? And just being able to just do that um, was super helpful for us. Yeah, I, I definitely know, you know, in life, I mean, as humans, uh, it's very easily to be paralyzed when you have this mountain of, of a challenge in front of you um, and you're just, you're, you're afraid to take the first step because you don't want to waste any steps because you know that you need to be really efficient and you need to, you know, tackle the whole thing at once. And if, what if the wrong, what if the first step's the wrong the step, wrong step and it right. sends you on the mm-hmm. wrong track? Yeah. And, yeah. hundred percent for sure. So, um, yeah. So I think, you know, again, um, when, when we kind of build on what are the foundational tools for, you know, really building this. And, and, and he really points to, of course, the VTO, the Vision Traction Organizer, uh, the accountability chart, the rocks, the meeting pulse, the scorecard. Those are like the core tools. Right. Um, and I think that what's interesting to me is the timeline. How long will this take for us to implement? Right. And it, I mean, it runs the gamut. Cause mm-hmm. didn't they say someone did it in six months? <clears throat> yeah. 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 Six months. And then another company did it in three years, but he said the average was right around a year, a year. Yeah. For, imp- for implementing it. Implementation. right? Yeah. Which also made me feel a lot better too. But then of course that'll change depending on your size and if you have several layers or different locations, but Ooh, an yeah. average is about, is about a year. You know, and you and you think about too, um, the reason why, you know, the length would would expand depending upon, you know, size of the organization, number of locations, and all that kind of thing, is you know, within this systematic approach, there there are people. Right. We're, we're dealing with people. <laughs> it, this this is gonna boil down to a large percentage, it's a people. Uh, equation right right the the systems and the processes you know are only going to be the 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 vehicle right right, the tools that the person is going to do or whatever and when you have to let someone go and then find a replacement that's a process and it takes time and it takes time right you know um you know, especially for companies who find themselves you know and again i don't think i'll ever forget you know, right person, wrong seat. Like that's just one of the things that reading the book was so fundamentally like, oh my gosh, like 
how many companies hire warm bodies to to plug in the holes of the dam. And, every, and everyone <laughs> loves them, but they're not getting the job done, right? Or, or they would better serve in a different Or they're position. total jerks. But <laughs> if you don't have someone in the hole in the dam, the water is going to leak and, and it's going to, you know, like right. stuff's going to break. Right. You know? Yeah. And you just deal with the fact that he's a jerk, you know? <laughs> so it's like either side, like you love them, they're, but they're the wrong person in the wrong seat, you know? Um, yeah. So I, I think that that is, is. When, when we talk about, you know, you're going to read this book, you're going to have some aha moments like I've had, you're going to want to jump in and share with your team. Um, and then you know, your and excitement. the flip side is there's going to be things that you're like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I, can we just not open that can of worms? I not want to do that. Yeah. But, yeah. but you push through. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I, another thing that I really liked was um, talking about shiny things when you're along this journey of, of trying to create traction for your business, for your organization, you're going to have the distractions of the shiny thing. And I love the, um, the, the visual analogy of acres of diamonds. You used um, acres of diamonds that you'll be distracted by like squirrel, you know, um, or shiny flash, you know, over here when, you know, right in front of you is, is your acres of diamonds. In other words, all of the resources that you have and all of the things that are, you know, whether it's people or facilities or whatever, um, like those are your acres of diamonds. Don't be, you know, distracted by that. And he gave real three practical things. And I want to cover those because I think shiny distractions are important. Number one, I thought this was really great. Interview your top clients and ask them what's working and what's not working. I love that. Um, you know, I talk a lot in, um, in the marketing podcast, digital marketing podcast about the funnel. And the funnel is, you know, people are going to go through awareness. They're going to go through consideration. They're going to then lead into conversion, become a customer. But the last two pieces, which are the loyalty and the ambassador or advocacy part, is when you have someone move in being move from being a loyal customer to being an advocate on your behalf. Right. It's because what you're doing is working. Right. Right. And, and so great. They want to tell everyone. Yes. Right. Right. And so that step about shiny stuff and, and really mining and, and understanding the acres of diamonds here is meaning that you have acres and there's diamonds there. But the only way to really cultivate and and appreciate them and, and you know, let them, you know, sort of realize their full potential and value um, is to understand that process. And so if you if you set up an interview and he also recommends not only your top clients, but your best people, you know, right. have that same conversation with them. What's working? What's not working? Right. And then what are we going to do? We're going to put that in our lists on our to do list and address and create an IDS. Mm -hmm. Right. We're going to identify. We're going to discuss and we're going to solve. Right. Right. Um, as part of that process. So I think that doing those types of activities will help you as you're trying to implement these things, um, not be distracted and, and stay focused. Um, any takeaways on, on, on that early part of chapter nine that you thought? 
there was one that I can't remember what it was, but it had to do with, um, I cannot remember what it is. I'm the other, no, no, it's totally fine. I, you know, I think the other thing um, that's really fresh in my mind, and I don't know that he necessarily said it specifically, but as I was kind of going through it and thinking about it, and I've always been more, it's, this is, and this is probably why I connected with it is, you know, I love the process of the creating the something than once the something is done and finished. Oh yeah. I'd much rather be in the process of making it. Right. Than maintaining. Than, you know, putting it and say, look, it's built. Like <laughs> the look it's built is great for the yes, person that that's going to use the it. The journey when he talks about don't like yeah. don't get lost in the end goal Enjoy the journey. Right. So for me. And the fun of making or creating a business. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's so, what it was. Yeah. For me, that that means it's, I find greater fulfillment in working through the process of traction greater than finishing, crossing the finish line of finishing the book or right, right, right. finishing yeah. the process. You know what yeah. I mean? So yeah, but I think I don't, I think it probably is always ongoing as long as you commit to it. As long as you're doing those 90 day meetings, there'll always be something. Yeah. All right. So, um, all right. So getting started, we're going to, we're going to jump into chapter 10, getting started. We talked about this too. Isn't it interesting? And he said this, just like you said, uh -huh. so, and, and you said it so well, the implementation process is not the same as the order of the chapters in the book. Right. And what he's so, the yeah. way he explained it was yeah. that um, he wrote the book so that it would be a nice linear read. So when you're thinking about that, you're thinking, okay, there's a vision and then this is how you implement that vision. But in practicality and, and, and how he actually implements it when he goes on site with clients is he starts with the accountability chart and he set wants them to get super clear about how everybody fits into the organization and whether they're in the right organization and what's the culture. And he looks at all of that first mm -hmm. and then he looks at creating rocks so that you're starting to work on goals and getting into that 90 day habit. Right. And he wants those two things established before you ever sit down and do your vision, mm. which is kind of counterintuitive because everybody thinks the vision parts what you do first and then you organize to support the vision. But he argues that if you just have that rah-rah session, two days, yay, mm. everybody's going to come and everyone's just going to throw out all these great ideas, but nobody's actually going to hold themselves accountable to it if you don't have that accountability chart and that culture of working rocks. And so when you actually come up and sit and talk about the vision as the third or fourth step, your people are going to be a little bit mindful about what they're mm -hmm. suggesting to yep. be a strategic goal or because it might year. end up being one of their rocks. Exactly. Yeah. It might, they, they are like, Oh wait, if I say that, that's <laughs> going to be on my part of the accountability chart. And am I committed to that? And do I really want to do that? Is it a good idea? Am I, really, you know, feeling it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, versus just throwing something out there to look good, you know? Well, that goes back to the GWC. Do I get it? Do I want it? Do right. I have the capability, right? That's exactly what yeah. you're talking about. So if you're just doing, if you're doing the vision at the beginning, you're just in the get it stage, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You haven't really thought, wait, do I want this? That's a great idea. And I sound really good <laughs> spouting it out. But if, if it ends up on my rocks, do I want it? And am I even capable of doing it? So mm-hmm. it gets you out of, to me, it gets you out of the brainstorm phase of visioning and into the, what do we really want it? What, what do we really want to do? What really like <clears throat> gets us going mm-hmm. and, you know, and where your people are going to be like, Ooh, I want to do that. Let me have that as my rock because they're passionate about it versus, yeah, it sounds like a good idea, but you know, so yeah. That's why that's why I liked it. Now we've done that. So we we've done our accountability chart mm-hmm. and we've done our first set of 90 day rocks and we're doing our meetings, our weekly meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're now we're at the stage of trying to round out the VTO mm-hmm. and what one of the one and of you did the scorecard. And we did the scorecard, yes. So now the to do that's been on my list week after week after week is mm-hmm. the one year, three year, ten year plan, which is the visioning step. Right. And I think, like I said to you before we started, that is something I'm just like, mm, I don't know. I've hit a wall there. Yeah. You know, I think when you, you know, it's so great that, um, you know, you're able to share where you are with your team and how you've begun to implement this. And, you know, I've shared with my team, Mike, the excitement of, things that I've read through the chapter, but we've not begun, you know, the actual implementation. But um, even just yesterday, we were having our, you know, uh, regular, you know, just kind of staff meeting. And I was like, do you guys want to change up the meeting format? <laughs> You're like, right? I, I, I might have an idea. <laughs> yeah. And, and, but I, I was actually very, I wasn't trying to be like, you know, subversive or anything, but I was like, I just finished, you know, the whole thing about level 10 meetings. Oh, right, right, right. last week, yeah. Yeah, and so, you know, I, I, I literally did not have it together to be able to talk about it, you know, but, you know, it goes back to in the accountability chart and the people analyzer being connected with your core values, mm-hmm. right? Right. So the core values are listed out and then, you know, are you like that sometimes, none of the time, part of the time, you know, whatever, but... How do you integrate core values into level 10 meetings? And that was what clicked for me yesterday. I like that. Yeah. And what it came down to is, you know, he talked about, remember we talked about the segue? Yeah. And, um, you know, he talks about in that um, you go through the series and one of the first things that you do is you share big news uh, that you're working on at the job and one big news that you're sharing that's happening in your personal life. Right. And I feel like um, that's such a, uh, that's really different. For your culture or just I, in general? I just think in general. I just think that they're, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's my limited knowledge, whatever. Like you get in a meeting and it's about the job and we don't have time to talk about people's personal life. <laughs> True. Okay. Like, I we see need what you're to, saying. We need, right. to, we need to talk about business because we got business to do. And I got 10 messages blinking on my phone and I got 45 emails I need to read. I don't have time for you to tell me that 
your dog died. Or I know, but it, I love it because I it, do too. It but brings the human into it. It does. You know? it totally, and and it also invites empathy into your organization. And right. I think that is a fundamental game changer for businesses moving into 2020 and, and, and on because of the rampant corporate deceit and negative you know, things that are happening in our world. And I feel like when we bring in the people component and, and talk about realness, it's refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. So right. It it was so great because we went around the room and I was like, okay, here's what you got to do though. Like you literally have one and a half minutes to do both. (laughs) So, which is hard for me because I'm a talker and I want (laughs) to tell you, you know, like 45 steps before I get to the punchline of my one personal thing you know, to, to right. get to that step. So right. I've got to retrain myself in, okay, how do I get to that point quickly and say without like, it's kills me to say the punchline first, you know? Right. So it's, it's changed for me, but I understand that the outcome is, you know, when we're trying to create a system and inside of those uh, level 10 meetings is the segue and part of the segue, what's so important. So anyway, all of that to say meeting pulse, yes, is so critical um, and the structure of those meetings and, and the human connection inside of the business is so critical and it is refreshing. Yeah. And, and, you know, the meetings are a big piece of, of ga- gaining that traction right? and, um, really implementing all those six parts. And if your meeting sucks and you don't want to go every week, that's not good. Yeah. You know, you yeah. want it to be something that I mean, you know, you're going to work, but it's not, you know, awful. It's something where you go and you feel connected to everybody um, and and that you want to work together for a common goal. Yeah. Well, I think it goes back to, again, we are, I, I, I for some reason, this quote just popped in my mind. I, I don't remember where it's from, but I remember there was this one quote that I came across that said, we are spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. Have you heard that before? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, you know, for me, you know, that that spiritual connection is that emotional sort of inside your soul thing that's happening, you know. And, oh, my gosh, for so many businesses, they are completely void of that right. component, you right. know. And so when things go really, really wrong, they can go really wrong really fast because no one is is worried about the human, right? right? They're just worried about the bottom line. They're just worried about profit, yeah. you know? So they're workers working instead of human beings having a work experience. Exactly. Yes. Exactly. Yes. Um, okay, yeah. So again, in implementation, it's really a seven-step process that he outlines We've talked about the accountability chart. We've talked about the rocks. We've talked about the meeting pulse, the scorecard. I want to go back to scorecard because you keep forgetting it. (laughs) (laughs) I Um, I think because I've implemented it, I'm like done. Crushed. (laughs) Done. I think that's really, and again, going back to the book and going back to the chapter, it was Mayor Giuliano in New York. There was a lot of crime happening. He wanted to reduce crime. He implemented the scorecard. And it really broke down like these top, you know, whatever, 8, 10, 12 sort of measurements that they wanted to look at. And as a result, they were getting this real-time information on these really top things. And for businesses, you know this, they're looking at P&L statements and thinking that that's the scorecard. Right. And that's not, that's, that's 
reactionary, that's trailing information compared to what they really need to be on. So that scorecard is so important for leadership teams to have that in front of them. And not only that, the, the who's responsible of gathering that data. That's so huge because it goes back to if it's all one person trying to load the scorecard, that's not fair. Right. You've got to have the departments from the accountability chart, who's going to be responsible for loading or, or presenting or gathering that data on the scorecards. So and the other huge. thing I would add to it, because our scorecard is ever evolving as uh, mm-hmm. is, is pulling measurements and data from different aspects. So you don't want it to just be financial. You know, you want to be looking at, you know, uh, website traffic and, um, amount of admin time and just we have just a bunch of different measurements from different aspects of the business well if you can measure if you measure it you can improve it if you don't measure it you don't know what you're doing right uh okay so vision traction organizer we've talked about that the one year the three year the 10 year um you know and i know that's the step that you're on um and i think the one thing that it's really difficult for people is to try to you know, envision what things might look like 10 years from now. But I think if it's, if you, if you're building upon core values and, and building upon this momentum of what kind of clients you're going to work with and what kind of work you're going to do, um, it's okay to say, you know what? Um, I'm not trying to build, I'm not trying to grow the building. I'm trying to grow the business. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And even that just kind of flips the rules upside down a bit, you yeah. know? Um, so, and then, the last two things is this three-step process documenter and then that everyone has a number. Yes. Those being kind of the last two things that you go through in implementation. And I think, um, you know, for us, the three-step uh, process documenter um, is what I'm looking for for my organization is a, is a web-based tool that helps us to create that three-step process where, you know, it's it, it, it kind of runs itself. It's self-managing, you know, right. it, but we need a web-based system, um, you know, to kind of help pull us through that system. Right. Right. Um, and then lastly, everyone has a number. You know, I think that's so critical because for us, you know, in, a, in an environment where we are service based and we're hours that we work on a project, um, you know, the one thing we talked about in our meeting the other day is, is burnout. If you're spending every single minute of every single day on billable hours, you're going to burn out. Yeah. You know, there's got to be a part where you are growing as a person inside of the business to be better at what you do and to be a better person. And, and if we don't carve out a portion, a, a percentage of time for that and have that be part of the person's number... It's not going to work. How speaking, do you? Well, speaking of, okay. So he he talks about that too. Is how the lead the visionary should take time off at least once. Oh a week, yeah, yes, right. Once a month, quality time, right? quality time to work on the business away from the office, chunk of uninterrupted time, and, yep. and I that speaks to my heart. But we have to. We haven't talked about. Oh, our, yeah. our challenge. That's right. That's right. All right, we got three minutes left on the segment, so I'm going to be quick. So up there on my little chart is my sticky notes, and I didn't put my fifth one that was for today, but it was traction, of course. Nice. So um, day one was uh, exploring a CRM, and I was looking for the project management web base. I was looking at agile CRMs. Really cool. I got a call from the guy. He walked me through the tutorial. It was really cool. 
uh, constant contact. I was looking at, um, oh gosh. Different aspects of it? Yeah, something was about that. Um, and then traction this week. But the really cool thing was I got G Suite to talk to our Microsoft Exchange server so that I could pull my calendar events from that into my phone so that I now can see my um, appointments on my phone while I'm away. I mean, I think that's like, oh my gosh, why didn't you do that a long time ago? Right, I know. So those are the things that I did working. How about you? So I did a deep dive into the scorecard and stats mm, and looked okay. at all that, um, right. created a weekly, monthly, quarterly, annual scorecard. Oh my gosh. Deep dive. Um, yeah. And then I actually cre uh, sat down and took time. I have like all these folders with all these different ideas. And I took time to sit down and really organize that and figure out and really try to compartmentalize that to match the six, the six processes. Because I think that was overwhelming me. Um, just looking at all this stuff that I think I have to do and just trying to like pull them into basically the six data or the six components of EOS mm -hmm. and just so that it's more manageable. I guess I, I always get scared. I'm going to forget a good idea. Um, so I was trying to develop a system to, to just kind of, okay, when I get an idea, where does it go from here? So I don't forget it. Absolutely. So, That's awesome. Yeah. Guys, I hope you have enjoyed the traction series uh, as we've gone through it. It's been a wonderful experience yeah, to book club. book club this with Katie <laughs> Lilly from Lilyfield Accounting Solutions. My name is Michael Wynn. I'm the Chief Digital Officer of Digital Ops. Thanks for joining. I hope you have a great weekend. Happy Father's Day to those fathers that are out there, and we'll see you next week.